Last week, Project Veritas released undercover footage of an Iowa staffer for Bernie saying things that were so shocking, I can't repeat them on YouTube. Otherwise, my video will be taken down. I am not exaggerating. That's the case. He was talking about putting conservatives into gulags. He was talking about essentially ending their lives. I got to be careful about how I describe this. Project Veritas has now released another expose on a staffer in South Carolina saying essentially the same things. Here you can see on the screen, Martin Weisgerber saying, what will help is when we send all the Republicans to re-education camps. And that's not even the worst of what he said. He called for, he called for the ending of certain people's lives. Again, I got to be very, very careful. I'm going to say something very bold. I believe at this point, I can walk you through exactly why Bernie Sanders is unfit to be the president of the United States. It's not just about his unwillingness to call out a staff. We have seen numerous staff members for Bernie Sanders called out for very, very offensive things. He recently had to fire a staff member for offensive posts that were dug up on Twitter. We can now see that at the very least, Bernie Sanders has a serious staffing problem. He's got a series of supporters who believe extremist things, and he is unwilling to call them out. It goes beyond this. You see, recently, supporters of Bernie Sanders called out how impeachment was going to hurt Bernie, and they think that Nancy Pelosi withheld the articles of impeachment against Trump to jam up Bernie just before the Iowa caucus. That was, that was Bernie's supporters saying that. Well, Donald Trump came out and agreed and said, it sounds like the fix is against Bernie. So Bernie attacked Trump and his own supporters. Listen, Bernie didn't specifically call out his supporters, but I, I think it's fair to say that when his supporters said, hey, this is happening, and Trump goes, I agree. And then Bernie says, no, you're wrong. He's targeting his own supporters. Let me tell you another story, and I'll show, I'll, we'll walk through all of this. A Bernie Sanders supporter recently wrote an op-ed saying Joe Biden is corrupt. A Bernie Sanders supporter did. In response, Biden is corrupt was trending on Twitter. Not entirely because of Bernie Sanders supporters, but yes, many of them. And many high-profile progressive Bernie supporters agreed and said it's objectively true. Then Bernie Sanders apologized to Joe Biden. That's right. Once again, turning his back on his own supporters. What did Bernie Sanders do in 2016? After all of his supporters denounced Hillary Clinton, he endorsed her and he campaigned for her. And now Hillary Clinton has come out saying nobody likes him and he's got a culture problem. He surrounds himself with awful people. Bernie Sanders is so weak that not only will he do nothing about his own extremist staff, he turns his back on his own supporters. So let me ask you a question before we dive into this story. If you're a supporter of Bernie, high profile progressives, how do you justify the fact that you on Twitter agreed with the op-ed about Biden being corrupt, agreed with the video released by Sanders that said, you know, that showed uh, Joe Biden saying you wanted to cut Social Security, but now seeing Bernie Sanders apologize to Joe Biden for, for, for his supporters calling him corrupt. How do you justify a man who is so pathetic? He sides with his own abusers against his own supporters. And I can understand why he wouldn't take an endorsement from Donald Trump. But how insane should you be to look at your opponent in the, in the 2020 race who's agreeing with your supporters and then you tell both him and your supporters you're all wrong? OK, if you're a supporter of Bernie at this point, I think you're a hypocrite and a liar because the dude clearly does not have your back. So you must be really desperate to have his back. Bernie Sanders is both physically and mentally unfit to be president. He is both physically and mentally too weak. 
But let's actually get in the news here. Otherwise, I'll just keep prattling on. Now that I've sufficiently made everyone who likes Bernie extremely angry, you can support my work by going to timcast.com slash donate. There are several ways you can give. There's a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. But of course, the best thing you can do is share this video because it's going to make Bernie Sanders fans very angry. But I'll tell you this. I get it. It makes, it, it makes Bernie's fans angry. And all you have to do now is comment and tell me why you would defend a man who won't defend you, who would actually apologize to the corrupt Joe Biden after his own supporter drafted the op-ed. How pathetic is that? How could you defend a guy who endorsed and campaigned for Hillary Clinton? Now, after all of that went down, he turned his back on his supporters to endorse her. That's why he lost a lot of people to Trump. Now Hillary is, well, she's put the knife in his back and he deserves it. Bernie is deserving all of this. I'll tell you what, man, I have no problem defending the guy from the media smears. They say his supporters are bigots and that he targets women and the Bernie bros. Oh, give me a break. Intersectional feminist Bernie Sanders telling Elizabeth Warren a woman can't win is insane. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote as if Bernie Sanders would really ever think or say anything like that. So to clarify, some progressives have said maybe Bernie did say it, but he meant that she couldn't, you know, that Americans were too sexist. No, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. It's literally fake news. But I'll tell you what, Bernie refuses to defend himself. He won't defend himself to save his own campaign. How will he defend you? He won't. He won't even defend his own supporters calling Biden corrupt. Check this out. Here we have the top trends. This was earlier this morning. Biden is corrupt was number two in the US. Now, it was mostly Biden fans angry with Bernie and Trump supporters for calling Biden corrupt. But many of these people were saying things like, because of Bernie, this is happening. Well, as Bernie's supporters called out Joe Biden for being corrupt, and he is, good old Bernie Sanders apologizes. This is absolutely pathetic, completely pathetic. So I'll, I'll tell you, I, w- I want to make sure I, 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 I tidy up the Veritas bit with a neat little bow. We now see that the problem of Bernie's staffers is not unique to one office and one staffer. It's at least in two as of now. And I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that Project Veritas has more to release. But let me tell you something else. While, while we can rag on Bernie and talk about the media bias against him, I will point out about 10 or 11 or more, maybe more, Iowa directors for Bernie Sanders locked down their social media. No news. You'd think that would be a big story. That's huge. His campaign staff in Iowa just before the big caucus shutting down? Nope. This new, this, 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 this guy that's being exposed by Veritas now, he also deleted his social media and he's locking it down. Perhaps now, with two different offices affected, you'd think the news would get on top of this. Well, we'll see what happens. Of course, Fox News is. But m- back to the, the bigger point. Bernie's unwillingness to call out and condemn the rhetoric is a bad sign. But more importantly, he's absolutely unwilling to defend his own supporters' positions. CBS News reports, Bernie Sanders apologized to former Vice President Joe Biden on Monday for an op-ed written by one of his campaign surrogates that claimed Biden has a big corruption problem. Quote, it is absolutely not my view that Joe is corrupt in any way. And I'm sorry that op-ed appeared. Are you kidding me? Who thinks Joe Biden is not corrupt? I guess Adam Schiff. Okay, let's be real. Resistance Twitter, I guess. But even the progressives think Biden is corrupt. They're tweeting about it. It's trending nationwide, or it was earlier. Yet Bernie Sanders won't even stay. You know what, man? I don't even know who Bernie Sanders is trying to attract. He's trying to get the activist vote, but the activists think Biden's corrupt. They hate Biden. Who likes Biden? Let me tell you something. 
before we read on. A lot of people complain that I don't lead my videos complaining about Donald Trump. There have been a, there have been a couple, but really not that many. You know why? For the most part, it's all the news ever is. There's nothing I can really add to the story about Trump. And the reality is Trump's not that bad. So here I am in this position where the media is not calling out Bernie Sanders staffer and they're going overboard on Donald Trump's two scoops of ice cream or his slightly larger than average salt and pepper shaker. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do a video about it. Oh, you want me to complain about the economy or the trade deal or, or the tariffs? The economy is doing great. So certainly I can rag on Trump for all of his character defects. He's a nasty guy. He imitates body slamming people, but it happens all the time. What am I supposed to do? Like, oh, lo and behold, Trump's doing it again. Let me tell you something. I have ragged on Joe Biden. Joe Biden should not be running. He's too old. He can barely speak. He's, he, he's got a touchy problem, if you know what I mean. And uh, he doesn't know where he is. Did I, did I say that already? He doesn't know where he is. Okay. Now I'm going to say this. At this point, based on the apologies, the, 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 just the pathetic, pathetic behavior, Bernie Sanders is out. If you're a supporter, how do you justify him apologizing to Joe Biden over this? They say the op-ed published in The Guardian by law professor Zephyr Teachout claims Biden has perfected the art of taking big contributions, then representing his corporate donors at the cost of middle and working class Americans. Do you know that there were several articles written that said Joe Biden was corrupt? There was Politico, the soft of the nation. The left has repeatedly called Biden corrupt. And here is Bernie Sanders saying, I don't believe Joe is corrupt in any way. Who are you? Who are you pandering to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you could, uh, if you're a progressive and you like Bernie's policies, I don't know how you could support a man who would defend someone as crooked as Joe Biden. Here's this tweet from John Levine of, uh, uh, I think I'm pronouncing your name right. I, I can't pronounce names, pronounce names. Forgive me. Bernie Sanders gave Hillary Clinton a complete pass on the emails when he didn't, have, when he didn't need to. When he lost the primary, he endorsed and campaigned for her too. But how quickly for, we forget. What's the, um, what's the repayment to Mr. Bernie Sanders? for bending over for the corrupt crony Democrat warmonger Hillary Clinton. It's this Hillary Clinton on Bernie Sanders, quote, nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. Man, this is this is just absolutely disgusting on the part of Bernie Sanders. You know what I see with Bernie? A bunch of bullies are pushing him around and he looks to his, his own fans and supporters. And when the bullies insult his fans, he goes, yeah, yeah. And he's one of those like nerdy kids who's desperately trying to fit in with the cool kids. So he's extremely self-deprecating and pathetic looking. He's actually siding with his abusers, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, against his own supporters. How, 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 how ludicrous. It's just pathetic. The story from Axios. Hillary Clinton makes her feelings clear about Senator Bernie Sanders in a new documentary about her career, saying that, quote, nobody likes him and nobody wants to work with him. Driving the news in an interview with the outlet about Hulu's forthcoming Hillary, the former secretary of state didn't let up about her 2016 primary opponent, refusing to commit to endorse and campaign for the Vermont senator should he win the Democratic nomination this cycle. Good. She shouldn't. He's, he's too weak. He's both physically and mentally too weak to be president. She goes even further in the documentary, claiming that Sanders got nothing done and calling him a career politician. It's all just baloney. And I feel so bad that people got sucked into it, she said. What she's saying on possibly endorsing Sanders, saying, quote, I'm not going to go there yet. We're still in a very rigorous primary season. I will say, however, that it's not only him. It's the culture around him. It's his leadership team. It's his prominent supporters. It's his online Bernie bros and their relentless attacks on lots of his competitors, particularly the women. 
And I really hope people are paying attention to that because it would be worries. It should be worrisome that he has permitted this culture, not only permitted, he seems to really be very much supporting it. Dare I say, I'm, I'm about to utter something I never thought I would say. Hillary Clinton is right. She's right. Not completely right, you know, but a broken clock can be right twice a day. I really, really do not like Hillary Clinton. She is a crony corporate Democrat warmonger, one of the worst of the worst. She is out of touch, out of touch elitist, and she is literally the epitome of what the ivory tower is. I do not like this woman. I will tell you this, though. Bernie Sanders is surrounded by anti-Semites and extremists, and he actively encourages it. Now, there was that one guy I mentioned, okay? He had, the campaign had to fire the guy because they dug up some tweets, which were not even that bad, but they were fairly offensive. But like, they weren't the worst of the worst. And his supporters got angry. Like, why would they fight? It was just some stupid Twitter jokes from 2010. Because Bernie's weak, dude. Now that Bernie is being dragged, or I'm, I'm sorry, now that Veritas is exposing his staffers, okay, and people like me and others are dragging Bernie over this, he won't even say anything. Dare I say it, Clinton is correct. He's not only permitting it, he seems to be very much supporting this. His staffers locked down their accounts, not a peep. Not one word to address this story from Veritas. And let me remind you, James O'Keefe tweeted about this. We saw in Axios, they tracked the engagements on the Warren-Bernie controversy and the Veritas expose. Guess which one got more interactions and engagement? Project Veritas. The bigger news story was completely ignored by Bernie because dare I say it, he seems to be supporting it. Look, you want to tell me that he's tolerating it? I'm not going to believe it because he hired Linda Sarsour. I believe she was hired as she's a campaign surrogate. Why would he bring her on? She's extremely controversial and accused by many people of being an overt anti-Semite. Why would he bring her on and this other guy? Why would he have these staffers and say nothing about it? Because Hillary's right about the culture surrounding Bernie and his leadership. They are crooked, nasty, insane people. And maybe that really represents who Bernie is. Now, I don't think Bernie is corrupt, crooked, and extremist. I really don't. I think he is a pathetic loser. I really do. You know, I used to really like the guy because he seemed angry and, 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 and righteously, you know, he had, he had righteous indignation behind him when he stood up for the same things for decades. I respected that. Seeing him standing on the House floor, yelling, demanding things, saying, no, this, you know, I respected that. Today, he can't even stand up to the lunatics that are taking over his campaign. BuzzFeed, I think it was, wrote a story about Bernie's complete flip-flop. Well, they called it a, a progressive rebirth or whatever on immigration. 2015, Bernie Sanders said, Open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. About six or seven months ago, Bernie Sanders said it at a rally. When asked about open borders, he said something like, my God, there are too many poor people. We can't do it. Today, he sings a different tune. You know why? Because he is just a pathetic little, little man who does whatever it is he's told to do. And so his policies are malleable. That's it. Some, I, I, like I said, you know, I used to think he was standing firm on, on what he believed in. Nah, not anymore. Now we can see that this guy was willing to endorse Hillary Clinton. And what does he get for it? Of course, he gets exactly what he deserves. He gets Hillary Clinton coming out, mocking and belittling him. Now, I will say, because I, I'm telling you, I think I'm completely right about this. Hillary Clinton is wrong to say his online Bernie bros are targeting women. That's a smear. And that's just stupid and not true. You get criticized, you get criticized. Bernie bros is nonsense. You know, it's not nonsense that we, we now have two different staffers that have been exposed talking about putting Republicans in gulags. We now have, what, 12 or 13 staffers locking down their social media, calling it just political gossip. Not a word from the campaign. 
no ability to actually stand up and condemn any of this stuff because he's just a weak little old man. And that's what we're learning. He, he seems to have almost no convictions. In 2016, on the debate stage, he said white people didn't know what it was like to be poor. That shocked me. That was a wake up call. I thought this guy actually stood up for the working class. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Hillary's completely right about what she said, him being a career politician. I've heard that. I'm not, I, I haven't fact checked it. So by all means, correct it if it's wrong. But I will comment. My understanding is that Bernie Sanders has never had a real boss, never had a job outside of politics. How could he understand the working class? He's never been. He's always been a, a, a political class. He is an upscale politic, uh, politician. Now, I think it's fair to say he's not wealthy. He's wealthy-ish today. But what people don't seem to understand when they look at Bernie, who's 78 years old with a net worth of, I think, $2 million, that's actually fairly normal for the retirement accounts accrued by people in their 70s and 80s. I do not look at Bernie Sand- Sanders as a necessarily wealthy individual. He certainly is a millionaire. It's only in the past two years, though, in his late 70s, he actually became particularly wealthy. Throughout most of his career, he was earning, I think, around like 200000 a year, which is good. He's not poor by any means, but he's not this aristocrat elite. He is, however, upper class. Okay, he, he is $200,000 a year, career politician. He's the ivory tower. He doesn't know what it's like to work in a factory. He doesn't know what it's like to be in a union. And now we can see his true colors. Because when push comes to shove, he won't defend his own supporters. He apologizes to his bullies and he flip flops on policy where it matters. Whether or not immigration will be good or bad for the American worker. In a recent interview with the New York Times, they challenged him saying, you, you once said that illegal immigration is bad for the American worker. And Bernie stutters and stammers. New York Times puts in a, so Bernie eventually says, you're right. It absolutely can drive down wages. The New York Times then does this weasel tactic where they ask him about illegal immigrants. And then they do a fake fact check where they then say immigrants actually don't drive down wages. Full stop. Legal uh, immigrants and illegal immigrants are completely different talking points with illegal immigrants. Okay. They can get paid under the table below minimum wage, and that can drive down wages. Legal immigrants who are here legally and can work legally have to be paid and have the same rights as, as citizens when they're working. You see how the difference, you see, you see the difference here. Bernie Sanders gets smeared, does nothing about it, and then flip flops because the, the guy's got no spine. Now she goes on to actually go after Bernie over Elizabeth Warren. And here's why, where I will give Bernie some defense. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to give, I don't know what you'd call it. It's a Bernie Sanders criticism followed, uh, I'm sorry, defense followed by harsh criticism in that same vein. She talks about Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and really does try to make it seem like Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren that she couldn't win. This is the most insane and absurd thing because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Everybody knows it. So some progressives have argued Maybe Bernie was saying America is too bigoted to elect a woman, right? Not that a woman can't win, but that America, America is, you know, patriarchy. And so it wouldn't support a woman. Not true. That's insane. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Bernie knows it. Why would Bernie think otherwise? Completely fake. The problem, however, is that Bernie does nothing to push back on any of this. He just lies back like a frail, pathetic little old man and does nothing. That's a fact. I'm sorry. You can't defend it. I, 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 I really do mean this right now. You're a Bernie supporter. You made it this far. Congratulations. Please comment and, explain, comment and explain to me how you justify all of the Bernie supporters and high profile progressives saying Biden is corrupt and then Bernie apologizing to the man. It's absolutely, absolutely just pure weakness. Now, I want you to imagine him negotiating with Vladimir Putin. You complain about Donald Trump. but I'll tell you this right now. We are looking at in terms of the populist candidates. I don't know if Bernie will get the nomination. You have 
Donald Trump, who is very tall, obese, aggressive, he's a bully. He is as bully. He's as bo- he's a boorish bully, and he's as bully as they come. Bernie Sanders is the bullied. Bernie Sanders is getting bullied left and right, and apologizing to those doing the bullying. Who do you think America is going to choose to represent their interests when it comes to the commander in chief, the head of the executive branch, the person giving orders to law enforcement? You think they're going to trust Bernie Sanders? No. Bernie Sanders will get pushed around left and right. He won't stand up for himself, and I can't expect him to stand up for me. So I know I probably just made a ton of Bernie Sanders supporters angry, but I'll tell you this, man, there's no, there's no, there's no justification for what Bernie is doing. Joe Biden's corrupt. We all know it. Bernie Sanders supporters, his staffers are extremists. Bernie won't do anything about it. He's too weak. He doesn't deserve to win. And, I, and I'll, I'll end by saying this. Trump is not my choice for president. I, re- I do not like the guy. I think he's funny, right? I understand his, his value as an entertainer that people really like. I recognize the economy is doing well. I do not want that man to, 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 to be president. The challenge is, what's the alternative for America? Joe Biden? The guy can't talk right, doesn't know where he is at the time, and he touches little girls in weird ways. No, thank you. Amy Klobuchar? She's, she's accused of abusing her own staff, throwing things at him, and she once ate a cell with a comb. Okay, that last one is a cheap shot, but she's like a gray blob of nothing. Pete Buttigieg, I shrug at, fine, I guess, whatever. I don't even know what he's about, but at least he served in the military. Tulsi Gabbard, hey, Tulsi Gabbard, there's some strength. She called Hillary Clinton the personification of rot. That I like. So I can respect that strength in Tulsi. She has absolutely stood up to the, to the, the people who call her out and insult her. She strikes back. She won't back down. Even Andrew Yang got aggressive and called her up a fat slob. Now, that I don't like. I don't like the crude, crass behavior. That's literally what I'm criticizing Trump for. But I'll tell you this. I don't think Biden should be running at all. He's an old man. He's, 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 get, just get, get him out. He should not be running, period. Klobuchar is fake. They keep trying to make her happen. She's not really running. Get out of my face. Elizabeth Warren, oh, she's a liar, okay? She should not be running. She is, she is the, the, the most prolific liar in terms of getting caught lying. Why would I want her to be president? At this point, however, while I can say no Warren, no Biden, I can say no Klobuchar, no Buttigieg, I actually repeatedly said that Bernie Sanders was a lot better than all of them. I will tell you this right now. I take it back. I really do. Bernie Sanders is now, in my opinion, officially the worst candidate running on the Democratic side. You know why? Because the president needs strength, conviction. The president must refuse to back down. For when they come to the president and say move, it is the job to plant themselves firmly and say, no, you move, to quote Captain America. The the job of the president is to stand strong and steadfast in defense of the American people and to an extent make to, to, you know, make sure our military is doing the right thing. We, we want to make sure that we're taking action where appropriate. That involves making decisive actions to potentially end other people's lives in conflict, a very dangerous and, and serious and somber circumstance for the president. I believe that we have seen our presidents go above and beyond to the extreme detriment of innocent lives around the world, particularly Obama and Bush. What would Bernie Sanders do when he's supposed to be standing steadfast as commander in chief? No way. <laughs> absolutely not. He'd crumple in two seconds. He'd crumple like tissue paper, not interested. And the American people are going to look at that. A man who had a heart attack. I mean, no disrespect, but he did. Okay. He's 78. They're going to look at a man who can't even defend his own supporters, who apologizes to his bullies. And they're going to say, look, man, I'd rather have the giant oaf who's willing to body slam a reporter than the guy who crumples under pressure. 
Sorry, Bernie supporters. There's no way around this one. America's just not going to go for it. But at least Bernie Sanders uh, supporters are violent extremists, right? Maybe they'll pick up the slack for him. So when Bernie's too afraid and frail to actually stand up for himself, he'll send out his goon squad. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. And I will see you all there. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is shocked. She doesn't understand why at a riot, there are lots of police, and why at a peaceful Second Amendment rally, there are very few. Well, in fact, yesterday at the Virginia rally, there were a decent amount of police, but they didn't have to do anything. So they don't really show up for this kind of stuff. In fact, at the March for Our Lives and the Women's March, there's also very few police relative to large Antifa far left protests, which typically turn violent. You look at what happens in Boston when all those Antifa people show up, they start fighting with the cops. That's just how it goes. So the other day we saw this big uh, gun rights rally in Virginia. Went off without a hitch, despite what the media and Governor Ralph, Ralph Northam was trying to say. He's like, we, we de-escalated tensions. No, you didn't. Nothing happened. It's a bunch of people milling about demanding their constitutional rights. And there were people there from across the political spectrum. The media is lying. So I definitely want to talk about the media lies. But the first thing I want to do for you, I want to show you this video clip where Ocasio-Cortez, in what may be one of her worst gaffes, explains, like, she makes an excellent point that conservatives are actually making, but she doesn't seem to grasp the concept of why it is. Let me play for you this audio first, and then we'll talk about it. Jack Posobiec tweets, AOC just compared the peaceful Virginia rally to the Freddie Gray riots. I was actually in both, and Baltimore was the one where you actually needed police, but they stood down, not Richmond. What an objectively dumb comment. I have been in riots, and I have been to rallies. They're not the same thing. They are objectively different, and you can actually predict what's going to happen. When a bunch of angry people randomly show up and start throwing bricks, the police come out. When Antifa announces their presence, the police come out. Yesterday was a peaceful political rally. My understanding, it was permitted too. like there were speakers there. It was not a big, big deal. There's a big difference between a spontaneous protest with Antifa and a scheduled annual political event or something. I don't know if it's annual, but let me, let me play this clip for you. Um, you know, another thing that I've been really thinking and sitting with today is that we there's this um, gun rights protest that's right. happening right. down in Richmond. Right. And on MLK Day. On MLK Day. <laughs> but here's the image that has struck with me the most about that, is that when we go out and march for the dignity and the recognition of the lives of people like Freddie Gray Mm -hmm. and Eric Garner. Mm -hmm. The whole place is surrounded by police in riot gear Mm -hmm. without a gun in sight. Mm -hmm. And here are all of these people um, flying Confederate flags with Mm -hmm. semi-automatic weapons. Mm -hmm. And there's almost no police officers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that protest. So who are our who or what are our institution, institutions protecting right. from who? Right, right. And that image conveys it all, it. conveys it all. I'm, I'm going to take you back to your- What Ocasio-Cortez just did there was, was rather astounding. She doesn't seem to understand why at the riots in, I believe it was, I was in Baltimore, I was there. Uh, actually, uh, I actually uh, just narrowly missed getting shot in the face with a pepper ball. Because I was filming and I was crouched as, as, as shots were going off. It's, 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 it's less lethal. So it's like uh, beanbags. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly what they were using out there. But I was ducked behind a planter 
and the cop shot it with about an inch from my face and pepper ball sprayed me. My goggles on my forehead. I was hiding. So I didn't think I, I you know, I took them off. You want it's, it's complicated. You want to you want to uh, increase visibility when you can. And I didn't expect, you know, but boom, I got hit in the eyes with with plastic bits and it was it, it burned. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When they were uh, smashing windows, and I think they burned down, uh, uh, what was a CVS or something? Yeah, when, when, when that happens, the police come out. When a spontaneous riot forms and people are trashing buildings and throwing bottles, the police come out. What's really funny about this, this comment from AOC is she's saying quite literally what all of the conservatives were saying, not all of them, but many conservatives were saying during the Virginia rally. There were tweets going out where they were like, isn't it weird how there's no cops here at the 2A rally? But at like, you know, all these other left wing protests, the cops always come out in armor and riot gear. She made the exact same point. You need to only think about why that is. Is it because our institutions are white supremacists? No, it's because the police know a bunch of dotering old, you know, like middle aged men organizing a rally to protect 2A rights are not going to be throwing bricks at anybody. I get it. I'm exaggerating. I know not everyone there was a dotering old man. I'm, I'm exaggerating on purpose for effect. It was mostly like chill, regular people just like, you know, walking around. They were armed. And also, as I've stated time and time again, from the far left militia types to the far right militia types, to an extent, the far right militia types, I tend to see discipline among the, 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 the uh, gun owners. The people who show up to protests I've been to that are armed and wearing armor tend to be the most disciplined there. Not exaggerating. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the communists, too. When I've seen the armed left wing, far left communist types, they're, they're very disciplined. They're trying to stop tensions and, and calm everyone down. And the same thing is true for, like, you know, the conservative groups and the Oath Keepers. They're always trying to simmer things down. It's, you know, the, the main difference is that the young and angry violent types who throw bricks, like Antifa, they have no discipline. On the right, the young people aren't throwing bricks, so you know, you don't see it. Anyway, the point is, don't be surprised if there's a permitted rally like the March for Our Lives. How come AOC doesn't talk about that? When we come out and protest against gun rights, there are no police. She didn't say that. That's true. So let let, let, let me break down reality for you. When you come out to protest for gun control, very few police. That was in DC. I was there. When you come out to protest for gun rights for the Second Amendment, very few police. We, we, We saw what happened. The media will try and frame it otherwise. But AOC is, is showing it's, it's, it's truly an amazing gaffe. She's basically proving what's wrong with the modern left. When we go out and march for the dignity, excuse me, of our people, are you implying that marching for dignity includes smashing windows, looting stores and burning places down? Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a very important story. Okay, AOC, I was in uh, Ferguson. All right. I'm not going to pretend to know what the people of Ferguson are going through and why they're angry. I didn't interview many of them. But I will tell you this. There was the liquor store where Michael Brown stole the cigarillos. So uh, let, 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 me, let me walk you through the whole thing. The story goes that Michael Brown stole cigarillos. He was then leaving. A cop confronted him. It was uh, 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 Darren Wilson, I think his name was. And then it's disputed as to what really happened. The cop said, you know, tried grabbing his gun, charged at him, and then he, he fired stuff like that. The left was saying the guy, Michael Brown, had his hands up. I think the official assessment was that he actually didn't based on the trajectory of, of, of the shots fired. But here, here's, here's what happens. I'm there. This liquor store where Michael Brown stole the cigarettes was targeted by rioters. But guess what? The rioters were not from Ferguson. Shocking. 
a bunch of local young men linked arms and guarded the front of the liquor store. One of the guys from Al Jazeera, who's now with Vice News, Seb Walker, cool dude. I know this guy. He's a good dude. He, he actually is interviewing one of the guys blocking the liquor store. This, liquor st- this, 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 this young man and his friends are saying, these people looting these stores, they don't live here, man. They're taking advantage of us. They know we're angry and protesting. So they come here and they start robbing our stores. This liquor store is part of our community across the street. I watched them smash windows, run in and loot stuff. And what I was told by locals is these people are not from here. They heard there was going to be a, a protest. So they came and used it as cover. What did we see from the, from the left and people like AOC? I'm not saying AOC. I'm saying people like her, you know, her faction. Well, looting is a form of, uh, of, of rebellion. You know, looting is them push is resistance. No, dude, the people who lived there were mad that the cops killed a young man. I'm not saying you, you, you don't have an argument about Michael Brown. Fine. The people there were saying we don't like this happen. We are protesting. And then a bunch of people from outside the neighborhood came and took advantage of them. And where was AOC and where was the left? Now, I'll tell you, man, I was down there and I watched the cops in Ferguson for no reason. Just lob a uh, uh, I don't want to call it a flashbang because it wasn't it's, it's one of those. Um, it's like a week. They call them flashbangs. They're not really. It's just one of those bang. Uh, it's a bang. Uh, less lethal, I guess. But uh, I know I've actually. Uh, uh, so it's, it's hard to explain. I know there's a lot of people who probably have experience with this stuff who knows exactly what, exactly what I'm talking about. Protesters call them flashbangs. They kind of are, but they're really weak relative to a real flashbang. I did a, a shoot where we actually had a real flashbang, and that is intense. That stuff like, woo. So what they throw at protests are just like, they just pop. They're loud, right? They're dangerous. They are. I watch the cops throw them in the crowd for no reason. Seriously. Not, not into a crowd of people, but like in front of a group of people. And, and we were all like, what? why are they doing this? So anyway, the main point I want to say is, I'm, t- I'm telling you that because I don't think, you know, you, I think the police did wrong in Ferguson in a lot of ways. But I also think it's fair to say that when people like AOC come out and say, when we are peace, you know, marching for our, the dignity of our people, no, 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 hold on, man. Why are you providing cover for the people who show up and cause problems, loot, riot, and burn places down? That's not doing anything for anybody. And what's really funny is that the other guys, w- when she mentions the 2A rally, the other guy goes on Martin Luther King, you know, Junior Day, no, uh, no less. And? And the Black Panthers were down there at, 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 at Virginia, according to a bunch of photos I've seen. Let me, let me show you this photo of the rally. You've got, this is from Orwell and Good, the Virginia Rally Political Compass. I'll go through this in a second, but I want to point out, what does Martin Luther King Jr. Day have to do uh, with uh, why it's right or wrong? Why, why, why bring it up at all? You know what I mean? There, there was a group down there called Black Guns Matter. We actually, actually, they actually have a statement here at the Daily Caller. Let me scroll down. They say that... Uh, they actually talked to the guy from Black Guns Matter. They say the caller also spoke to Maj Tour, a political activist and founder of the Black Guns Matter movement, regarding the prevalence of misinformation among major media outlets. He contended that journalists with political agendas have an interest in chaos regarding gun coverage. He also contested the narrative that race and violence played a role in Monday's rally. These, look, man, it's, 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 it's the, you know what? I, I can't explain it. But it's really weird to simultaneously see Antifa claim that gun control is racist and started in racism and then AOC come out and try and condemn this. But let me show you these photos. You've got this guy's holding a sign that says armed minorities are harder to oppress. That's correct. That's true. You have this one. This guy apparently is the uh, uh, right authoritarian. They call him the siege guy, I guess. Then you have this person that says gun rights are trans rights. Don't tread on me. And it's it's a rainbow Gadsden flag. And then you have the libertarian Gadsden flag, don't tread on me. 
It was it was people across the board, you know, and, and I will mention too. these photos are seemingly, I think, mostly of white people, which the left is, is, is going to be like, oh, it's all. No, the black guns matter. People were down there. Black Panthers were down there. There, were, there was one guy. This is really, really funny. It was a black dude waving a Trump flag and he was yelling that he was Ralph Northam in blackface. Like, <laughs> yeah. So so listen, I think one of the things that um, the left tries to manipulate is the fact the country is majority white. So uh, why are people in the Virginia rally mostly white? Well, the country is mostly white. Did you go down there and actually go talk to any of the minorities who were there? Like, no, they, they, they love doing this. But anyway, here, here's what I, I, I think I've made my point. I think it's hilarious that AOC just made the conservatives point for them. Could you imagine being so oblivious and being like, actually, I tweeted about it. Here's what I said. AOC just made a great point. Why are there so many ro- police at riots, but almost no police at a political rally? These are, these are difficult questions we may never figure out. And then I pointed out the March for Our Lives, the Women's March. It's, it's, it's insane to me. AOC didn't stop and think about what she was saying. And they, applaud, they applauded her for it. You heard that? When they were cheering, like, yeah, like she made a great point. It's like, dude, you're proving the conservatives point when you say this. So when you, when you have people like, you know, uh, David Hogg and the, and the you know, Parkland kids at, uh, in D.C., it was massive. I think it was bigger than the Virginia rally. The Virginia rally, my understanding, was like 25,000 people. It was peaceful. You had the whole political compass there. Basically, everybody being like, y'all, we should be allowed to bear arms, right? But you look at these massive rallies at the Women's March. I didn't see any police with riot shields beating old women at the Women's March. No, it's because when you request a permit and you say, here's what we're going to do, here's what we want to do. When you have groups like Antifa saying, we agree for the most part with the right to bear arms because we don't want tyrants or fascists. That's what the article was called. It was like neither tyrants nor fascists, a big Antifa article. Why would the, why would the police have any reason to believe it's going to get violent? They, some people said it was. Then you had uh, MSNBC really desperately trying to make their case that it was like a, a white supremacist rally, a repeat of Charlottesville. These people are insane. They're absolutely insane. And it's this fake news that fuels the insane mentality of people like Ocasio-Cortez when she's like, why are there so many police when we we go out and riot? But there's no police when you go out with a permanent rally. Doesn't make sense, does it? Well, I I, I don't necessarily blame her. I think she's the product of fake news media telling her it's a, it's a white nationalist rally. You heard what she said? She said people waving Confederate flags. I didn't see any Confederate flags. I mean, I'm sure maybe there was one there. I don't know. Whatever. People wave Confederate flags. But all the videos I've seen, like seriously, I, I did not see a Confederate flag in any of the footage I've watched. I've seen people waving, you know, like three percenter flags, American flags. There was like uh, some kind of military flags. I didn't see uh, any Confederate flags. So why is AOC acting like that's prominent when it wasn't? When it was actually the whole crowd uh, chan- uh, chanting the Pledge of Allegiance. Why, 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 why make that narrative? Because she's listening to what these insane smear merchants are putting out. They're merchants of hate and discord, telling you that all of these law abiding citizens are coming out to protest the law legally, peacefully. And my understanding is I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was permitted. Like it was a big planned thing. It's not what it's not typical of, of conservatives on the right to just spontaneously show up like Antifa does. That's the other thing you got to consider, too. Even if it's not about whether you riot or not. There are certain, like you know, she mentioned Eric Garner. I'll be fair. Yeah, when, when people protest in New York City, the, the, there's a lot of places show up and they got truncheons and stuff, right? Let me tell you something. There's a big difference 
between a spontaneous mass, you know, flash mob, essentially, where something happens with Eric Garner and then everyone just shows up and someone requesting a permit a month in advance or a couple of weeks in advance and then saying, we're going to have speakers here and they're going to talk because they've done that in New York and it's been fine. When they hold rallies, like they did that big march, I can't remember what it was, but it was like all the way down Broadway through Manhattan. And there were, there were stages everywhere. And yeah, there were cops, but they weren't with truncheons. They were just out there doing like regular cop stuff, like traffic control and, you know, making, keeping the peace. I know the left is going to screech because I said keeping the peace. The point is, if you show up at random and you bring bricks and bottles, don't be surprised when the riot police show up. But anyway, here, here, here's where I'll leave it. I don't make this one super long. When you have, you know, NBC's Ben Collins calling it a white nationalist event, and they repeatedly pushed this, trying to claim that it was Nazis or whatever, simply because out of the 25,000 people, seven people in different parts of the country were arrested, and they had talked about maybe going. So what? Do we, do we screech every time Antifa threatens violence? Remember that dude who went to the ICE facility not that long ago, and he, and he ended up dying? He was throwing Molotovs, and he was armed with a ghost. He had a, he had a ghost AR. Yeah. Are, are, do we do we then claim that it was a, uh, uh, you know, an extremist rally? No, these people are liars, man. They're agents of chaos. It's like the Joker almost, you know, these journalists. I, I can't tell you their motivations because I've looked at what they do and I've tried to map it. I think they're sociopaths. I did this segment yesterday. I think they're sociopathic. I think their desire is to be agents of chaos. Why would somebody tweet an article calling a rally of 25,000 people, both black, white, Latino, across the political spectrum, a white nationalist rally to sow discord? They're not going to make necessarily more money off it. I, I like to say you know, often that it's about clickbait, kind of, but a tweet doesn't make money. So this dude tweeted it out. Why? I think he was trying to frame the narrative. That's, that's how I explained it the other day. And it worked. He, he tweets, it's a white nationalist rally. Here's why. And then other activists take that and say it is, and they cite him. Then he deletes the tweet, but he created it already. It's like he filled up the balloon and cut the string. So now you don't know where the narrative came from, but he created it. Why? Because that balloon will eventually go into the crowd, pop, be a loud noise, and everyone will freak out. That's it. It's like the Joker. You know, you know what, man? I'll, 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 I'll just do a little bit more to, because to, I, I, many of you maybe didn't watch my segment the other day about journalists and being sociopaths. But let me, let me explain something very, very important to all of you. Journalists used to not want to be a part of the story. I know a lot of journalists who absolutely do not want to be on camera, say, oh, no, 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 don't, don't show me. I'm just here to collect information. They hate it. Real journalists don't want big followings. Real journalists don't want to be on camera. Real journalists don't want to do what I'm doing. I'm fully uh, aware of the paradox of what I do and what I'm saying right now. And I think it's a fair point. I'm absolutely a political actor in many capacities. I'm absolutely an activist for many things. I've always been called one, but I add journalists because you can be both an activist and a journalist, right? I think for the most part, though, I'm more of an ambivalent political commentator, enlightened centrist, and that's why many of these people hate me. But here's what happens. These companies say, we just want to get clicks, okay? I'm the boss of a new company. Say, we want a million clicks on our articles. How can we do it? Well, if we hire Joe Schmo, who doesn't want to be a part of the story, he's got no followers on Twitter, how can he promote his story? He can't. We're in the age of the influencer. So what happens is these news companies say, how many followers do you have? I kid you, this is literally a part of it. They say, this guy wants to work for us. He's got 100,000 followers. They say, ooh, pay him a lot. Because they know that you can tweet the story out and it will get a lot of traction and shares. It is valuable. But what kind of person is attracted to building up a large following 
and posting bombastic things, narcissistic sociopaths. Oh, but wait, many of the, the, the leftists are now saying, but Tim, you have 417,000 followers on Twitter and you've got over a million subs on YouTube. What does that mean about you? Basically the same thing. I'm not an idiot. I recognize. Listen, the point is there's a certain kind of person that wants to be seen, that wants to put their ideas out there. And it takes a level of narcissism and arrogance to do that. I know I'm arrogant. I tell people all the time. I think I think for the most part, I tend to be correct. I don't think I'm right all the time. I try to be, you know, um, facetiously arrogant in many ways. But I try to be, uh, while I do think I'm, I, I'm right on what I'm talking about, of course I do. While I do think like, I am driven to, to tell my ideas like everybody else that these, these things are characteristics of a certain kind of person. Now, here's the thing for me. Integrity always comes first. Money doesn't come. I don't, I don't, I don't put money super high up. So for me, it's not about building up a following or recognition. It's about knowing that I'm better than I was yesterday. That's how I've always lived my life. So it's, and, and I think it comes kind of from skateboarding or maybe it's just something inherent to a lot of people, but Every day I seek to improve myself in some way. So that includes, you know, speaking my mind, standing up, you know, putting my ideas out there. And I'll absolutely recognize there are many journalists who are, who are far left activists who, who are similar. They feel that, you know, they're doing the right thing. But the difference is, while I have no problem saying, listen, man, you're listening to my opinion, my commentary. I try to do a good job, make sure I have my facts before I spit out my opinions. I use sourced articles certified by a third party agency. I try to make sure there are standards and that, you know, while I have my opinion, like many other people, I'm backing it up with legitimate news, right? There are a lot of people who don't care. They just feel that they are better than you and they think you're stupid. The problem is the amount of people who I think are good people who want to be strong leaders and end up putting themselves out there are few and far between. The amount of people who are just narcissistic sociopaths who want to be famous is very, very high. So you look at the people who buy fake followers on Instagram so they can be influencers who can then they can sell sponsorships. It's all fake. I can tell you this, man. I know a ton of journalists whose Twitter followings are all fake and they got fat salaries because of it. Not kidding. I wonder if that's fraud. I gotta be honest. But there are some people who've got like 200,000 followers. And I know I can track that stuff. They get no engagement. You ever wonder this? Why these celebrities have a million followers, but they can't get 10 retweets? Mm, really weird, right? Now, I think it's fair to say a lot of people on Twitter will just follow. They won't, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily engaging. That's okay. That's probably explains a lot of it with celebrity culture. But there are a lot of journalists I know, and I have literally watched them generate, you know, fake followers. I know because I worked in, you know, I was, I'm friends with a bunch of people in the hacker community. I know how all of this stuff works. I had worked with people in the past on marketing and, and, and they, they do all of these things. They, they absolutely do. Now, the difference is when I worked with my friends, we were actively using what they were doing in our knowledge of it to call them out. So a buddy of mine did, you know, social media marketing, and he would point out like to his clients, here's how you have to be careful to watch for these, these fake influencers. What happens is these journalists just want to be famous. So they're willing to go spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks and make a fake, you know, 30,000 fake followers and then be like, look at me, I'm recognized and then go and try and sell that. The other kind of person just tweets insane, bombastic things like the 2A rally in Virginia was white nationalist because, I mean, for one, they're agents of chaos because they, you have to understand where that's going to go. This one went too long. I'm going to stop. But, but they also just want to get jobs. They know that this bombastic tweet will get retweets. They'll gain more followers. It works. So the real journalists who don't want to be the story are gone. 
because they're not worth hiring anymore. And the companies are hiring the sociopaths. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't think I'm perfect. Like I just said, I'll be self-critical. But the way I differentiate it is I quit. I'll do my own company. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent on a lot of issues, but I'll tell you what's going on and what I think. And you know what? I think it's fair to say I'm playing the same game as them in many ways, but I'm not driven to generate Twitter followers by, you know, in, by starting flame wars like they do or tweeting pictures of a woman at Target and complaining about a toothbrush. Someone asked me recently how I have so many Twitter, fo- Twitter followers, and I'm like, I, have, I just tweet my feelings and I don't check replies. I just go, I tweet a feeling and then I'm out, you know, and that's about it. So anyway, I'll leave it there. AOC kind of just proved the conservative point. That's kind of funny. But um, anyway, stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Donald Trump calls climate activists fortune tellers and alarmists during Davos' appearance ahead of Senate impeachment trial as Greta Thunberg sits in the audience. Yes, I dare I say, essentially to her face, he said in front of everybody, that Greta Thunberg was an alarmist. What's interesting is that Trump also announced they're doing this one trillion trees initiative, and he actually got slammed by Greta Thunberg. What this segment is really going to focus on is not so much the same old fight. I talk about Trump and climate change a lot. It's going to talk about how the far left is giving the greatest gift to the Republicans. And don't take my word for it. Ask Frank Luntz, the famous pollster, who says this. If AOC successfully splits the Democratic electorate between a center left and further left party, it would be a godsend to the Republicans, to the GOP for the next decade. But I do want to lead with this story about Greta Thunberg and and Donald Trump. You see, in this image, it says, at a second appearance in Davos, Greta Thunberg said that while planting trees is good, of course, it's nowhere near good enough to what is needed. Here's the problem. As I stated in a few other videos talking about the climate crisis, AOC's Green New Deal encourages high-speed rail and less airplanes. They didn't explicitly call for it, but in the FAQs she released, it said, we can't replace planes with high-speed rail fast enough or something to that effect. So I don't think it's fair necessarily to say that she directly called for it. And if you play that game with the, with the media, they'll call you a liar, right? That's, that's how they play the game. I think it's fair to say she wants high-speed rail, but she didn't explicitly call for it. She encouraged it. Okay, here's the thing. In the UK right now, Climate activists, or I should say environmental activists, are actually blocking the train from being built. If you follow my videos, you've heard me say it. For those that have already heard it, I have to say this because most people don't watch every segment I do. So you quite literally have an instance where the UK is trying to reduce its carbon emissions, and they're doing so by building a high-speed rail like AOC and other far leftists want, and then environmental activists block the train from being built because they don't want the trees to get hurt. There's no, there's no solution, Okay. And the reason I bring this up is exactly what's going on with Greta Thunberg and Trump right now. Now, Trump is bold. He's going to stand up in front of all of the world leaders in Davos and basically do a side jab at Greta Thunberg for being nuts. I'll tell you this. I'm not taking my advice from a 17 year old. Hey, look, man, I think Trump's a bit kooky. I think he's out there. I don't trust a lot of what he says, but at least he's an adult. Okay, that's not a net necessarily, you know, giving him that positive doesn't necessarily mean he's smarter than she is. But I think it's fair to say, in this regard, he is. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Trump has called it like a Chinese hoax and other ridiculous nonsense. But I got to say, if I had to make a bet on who was right, it would not be Greta Thunberg. And here's why I brought up that other story. They say, planting the trees is good. It's nowhere near good enough. It will never be good enough. Nothing you do will ever be good enough. That's the problem. That's the point. AOC says we need high-speed rails. So the UK says, let's lower our emissions and, and, and launch a high-speed rail project. And the environmental activists say, no, 
They don't want you to actually solve the problem. They want to use the problem to gain power. Don't take my word for it. AOC recently said at this forum, and it's kind of hilarious what's going to happen. She said, we don't want billionaires money. We want their power. Not me, the people. Oh man, that's going to get clipped and cut. You're right, AOC. It is going to get clipped and cut. But people kept in the part where you said, not me, the people. You still want to take their power away. It's not about money. It's about control. They want power to the people because they don't like the fact that billionaires have, you know, through, through whatever means gained that, that power. Now I'll tell you this. People vote. People make changes. If at a certain point we determine that billionaires have too much wealth and the majority of people vote for it, hey, welcome to, the, welcome to how politics works. I actually think we do have a problem with wealth disparity. And when you have super uber elites who control things, you, you, you end up with oligarchy. Not a good thing, right? There was, the, there was something that came out a while ago. You don't have to fact check me on this one. But it was like, a, I think Citibank called America a, plu, a plutonomy like a, or a plutocracy, where it's like the country was ruled by the elites who control the, 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 the politicians through, the, through, the, through their donations. There was something that said like uh, a rich person gets 60%, like the, the wealthy in this country get 60% of their bills passed and like the poor people don't. I don't know. You have, you have to look that up. Maybe it was just some kooky nonsense. Anyway, the point is AOC wants to take their power away. They use climate change to do that. They don't want a solution. They probably don't believe in one. Trump says, okay, how about this? We plant a trillion trees or, or whatever the program is. And Greta says, it's not good enough. We need to shut down all fossil fuels. Now, how dare you? Yeah, okay, well, that would kill people. So clearly we can't do that. And then they know that we can't. They put the politicians in a corner. Look at France. France has been going through a year of protest because they tried taxing petrol. They know they've got you in this position where they're going to force you to implement these taxes and these changes, which will cause poverty and a decline in general wealth for the average person, leading to mass riots, revolt and protest. And then they will say, now we need a revolution. That's the game. I'm not saying they're doing it like they're, they're, there's like a, a cabal deliberately doing this, but that's at least what's likely to happen. When Greta Thunberg says, you know, we need to cease all fossil fuel production now. OK, we do that. All the poor people freeze to death. And then there's riots in the streets about how the poor people froze to death. And then, oh, along comes AOC and Greta Thunberg saying, now we can take your power away. Because what did Greta actually say in that op-ed? It's about ending colonialism and patriarchy and whatever else. At this same event, I want to point this out now. I think this is actually going to backfire and it's going to help the Republicans. AOC said, not a left party. Ocasio-Cortez calls the Democratic Party a center conservative party. Wrong. It is not. That is wrong. And what she said was, we can't even get a vote on Medicare for all, like even a vote that fails. We can't even get to the floor. That doesn't have anything to do with whether you're conservative center or left wing, left wing. The Democratic Party is a center left party. It absolutely is, especially in rhetoric. And don't take my word for it. The New York Times says the Democratic Party is to the left of the median European party. And almost every party in Europe is on the left. You see the point? Listen, the far right in Europe are actually still quite far left. They believe in socialized programs and high taxes and all this stuff, and they're still called far right. The New York Times did a map, finds that most European countries lean left, and of the median, the Democrats are slightly to the left of that. So there, there are absolutely conservative and right wing parties in Europe. Don't get me wrong. They're just to the left of the Republican Party. So and, and, and the New York Times, to be fair, does say this is a recent phenomenon. I think AOC is regurgitating these tired, you know, college, 
you know, I, I don't mean like college professor, but like college activist talking points. I've heard it over and over again. The Democratic Party's not even really left wing, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Was Barack Obama's calls for universal health care in his first year in office not left wing enough for you? Don't play that game. Don't give me that. AOC has no idea what she's talking about. She just wants power. Nothing will ever be enough. They will never be left enough. Okay, Barack Obama in 2007 said, in my first year, we will get universal health care. Okay, that's left wing. That's like, that's like as far left as you can go in terms of how the medical system works. We have a private system, which is center right. It's a regulated private system, so it's not far right. It's just center right. And Barack Obama, Barack Obama opposed a completely governmental single payer system. That is as far left as you can go in terms of medical. You look at the Democrats today, and what are, what is Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar? For the most part, they're advocating for a public option. Yes, that is center left. Advocating for a public option is not far left. It is just center left. AOC is pushing this narrative because what they want to do is they want to spin the wheel, right? Here's how I explain to people. One of the reasons they like me uh, is, or um, I shouldn't say like me, but uh, well, no, I, I gotta say that one of the reasons like the far left and a lot of people, they don't, te- they, they, they try to smear me sometimes, but they te- typically don't because they want me to be the conservative. They want me to be what's right wing in the next generation. To put it simply, you look at someone like Tucker Carlson, they call him far right, white nationalist, all these awful things. They don't say that about me because here's the wheel. Tucker Carlson, you've got socialists, then you've got, Repu- you know, that, well, I, well, in their mind, you have Tucker Carlson here, you have me in the middle, you have the Democrats in the far left. They want to rotate the wheel all the way over. So the far left becomes center left. I become right wing and Tucker Carlson is far right. They're rotating the wheel in that direction so they can claim they're not even far left. What do you mean? We're just moderates. AOC comes out and says the Democrats are conservative so that she can then claim Republicans are super far right. They're not. They're, they're absolutely not. I think even by the New York Times standards. But so what, end up, what ends up happening is Frank Luntz, he, he said, if she fractures the left and the center left, it's going to result in the GOP winning. Some people are, are, are you know, posting on Twitter. They're saying that like, the Republicans are going to get 70 million votes in 2020. It's going to be a massive landslide because moderate voters are being forced to join the Republicans. And that brings me back to the first point about Donald Trump. I'm not a fan of his rhetoric on climate change. Not at all. I like what he's talking about with planting trees. That's cool. But as a actual moderate center left, I would like to see programs to help alleviate climate change. And I don't think we've done a good job of it. And I think AOC is destroying any chance of actually implementing this because she's taking the extremist approach. And most people in this country wouldn't agree with what she wants to do. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is deregulating. While I can appreciate the benefits to the economy, I'm concerned about the environment. On the other hand, what do we have on the left? We have Trump, who's center right, deregulating. Okay. And I don't like it. And on the left, we have the extremists saying we need a complete end to capitalism. Like, I'm not I'm not joking. They literally talk about how capitalism must be ended. So I'm like, if you care about the environment, why are you ragging about economic policy? And they say it's because capitalism is destructive. No, you mean consumerism. It's fine if we're trading things. It's bad if we're mass producing products and polluting. But therein lies the main point. When these people like Greta Thunberg get up and screech the end is nigh, it's religion, man. It's, re- it's, it's religion. It is not about whether or not the end is nigh or not. It's that they need a crisis with some factual basis to convince you to join their doomsday cult. The world is not going to end in 12 years, 
The world is not going to be irreparably damaged in 12 years for the most part. There are some scientists saying that's the case. But look, we know that climate change is a problem. There's, there is some argument among you know, for, uh, politicians and some scientists about what's causing it. For the most part, the scientific community says climate change is a problem. I accept that. I, I defer to the scientific community. Hey, you, you say climate change, man-made, carbon, carbon, methane, water vapor. I'm down, totally down. If you then come to me and say, that's why we need socialism, I'm going to say, I don't, I don't see how you connected those things, right? We can have government regulations like we already do in our, you know, typical, in our current economic system. We're not laissez-faire, we're not far right, and we're not far left. We have a mixed, mixed economy. And depending on who you ask, they'll say it's left or right. The point is, we regulate stuff all the time. There's like tens of thousands of regulations on how products work. By all means, offer up some kind of proposal that would help incentivize the development of new technologies. Ah, but then Greta Thunberg comes out and says, it's not good enough to plant trees. You must end all fossil fuel use. And then people die. So I don't, I don't quite understand what they're actually trying to accomplish other than they're not. That's the point. They're trying to rotate the wheel. They're try- so, so they've got a multifaceted thing going on. There's a reason I bring up the AOC splitting the party. When you look at what Greta Thunberg is saying, I guarantee you a lot of Americans are going to be like, these people are insane. And so their option is to not vote or vote for the insane person or vote Republican. I think a lot of them will end up voting Republican. And I think AOC complaining about the Democratic Party being conservative is going to make it easy for people to say, well, then I guess I must be a conservative. Ha ha, right? Think about it this way. A lot of, I know a lot of people who are Democrats and they refuse, refuse to, to, to say that they would ever vote for a Republican. Okay. And a lot of people say the same thing about me. I've, I, I, I never said I would never vote for a Republican. I say I tend to disagree with them and I'm trying to find a sane Democrat. But there are people I know who get super angry. Like I have no problem with saying like, oh, I agree with conservatives on a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Not for the most part, climate change, but not with these people either. But there's, there's, there's a lot of issues, I think, you know, outside of policy, because I, I don't think I can name a specific policy off the top of my head. But I can talk about like Trump's actions in North Korea. I can talk about how, the strength of the economy, the uh, um, immigration and border security, social media bias tend not to be things the left is actually, you know, complimenting or accepting. So I have no problem saying that. Uh, give me a Republican who agrees with me on everything. I'd vote for him in two seconds, right? For, for the most part, I don't see it. Now, I will say, like, in New Jersey, we've got Menendez, who's like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the, things, the problems with Menendez. I'm not going to vote for that guy, right? But so, so anyway, what, what I want to get to is there are a lot of people who refuse to, uh, to flip, as uh, uh, Jack Murphy calls it, Democrat to deplorable. I don't know if you know who he is. He's, 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 he's someone who was canceled. And I, I gave him a shout out before, so that's why I'm referencing him again, because I saw him on Twitter. But uh, ch- you know, check him out. He's doing his thing. He's turning his cancellation into, a, into a, a legit thing. But he says Democrat to deplorable. That there are a lot of people who have been Democrats their whole lives, but there are a lot of people who refuse to, air quote, walk away. Right? That's the, the Brandon Strake, uh, Str- uh, Strzok thing. Strake? I'm sorry. Dude, I can't pronounce any names. <laughs> you guys know it. Anyway, there's a lot of people... I've talked to my friends and they're like, no way, man. I've been a Democrat my whole life and ask them questions. Like, how do you feel about, you know, the climate change stuff? And they're like, oh, I think it's a problem. Do you think we should just terminate all fossil fuels right now? No. Do you think we should get rid of capitalism? No. Okay. Do you think that we should uh, uh, get rid of planes for high-speed rails? Suggested, not directly implied. No. What do you mean? We need planes. We can improve the technology. Right. We should, be, we sh- we should build high-speed rails. I completely agree. Okay. What about giving people uh, uh, money? who are unwilling to work. What? No, of course not. Okay, here's the problem. That's what the Green New Deal was. 
So the Democrats are fracturing. Who are you going to vote for? You going to vote for Bernie and, and AOC and the other people who are pushing those policies you don't agree with? Let me ask you this one. How do you feel about kids, you know, uh, three to five year olds being told that they're trans and then being put on hormone blockers before puberty? Guess what most of my Democrat friends, friends say? Whoa, that's, that's too much. Congratulations. That's the Republican position now. So here's the point I'm making. When AOC says Democrats are conservatives, what do you think is going to happen when people then have a choice between being conservative and being conservative? They're not going to fight it anymore. They're going to be forced from Democrat to deplorable. They're going to be somebody who's like, I thought I was a liberal, but I guess I'm not. And that's probably what got Trump a ton of votes in the first place. So AOC, in my mind, she's giving this tired talking point about the Democrats are not left. They are, first of all, we, we, you, you can talk about what left and right really means. In this country, there's a left and a right, the Democrats and the Republicans. On, on a global scale, you can argue that the Democrats are slightly to the left of Europe. And on the actual political compass, the Democrats are slightly center left, kind of into the authoritarian territory as a whole. But they're not conservative right wing. This is, this is the game she's playing. Conservative essentially means like traditional. And they're trying to make old school liberals traditional. They're rotating the wheel over. They do this with alarmism, with these like climate crisis problems they don't want solutions to. They don't want a solution. You can offer them one, they'll they'll say excellent, and then it'll never be enough. They want power. Like she said it, we want your power. The people do, not me, the people. I'll be fair, that's what she said. Yes, they want to take the power away from certain groups and give it to themselves. I don't and I don't mean her as an individual, I mean her view of what the of, of what the people is. I always find it funny that everyone who calls for revolution and dramatic change claims to have the people on their side. They don't. This country is divided. She says the people deserve that power. Well, that's strange. The people oppose you too, right? Anyway, you get the point. I'll write this one up. The general idea I see with the climate alarmism, like Greta Thunberg has no idea what she's talking about. She's 17. She really doesn't. She doesn't understand economics. I'm sure if you explain to her, if you actually sat down with her and did an interview, and you said, if we terminated fossil fuels right now, you'd, you'd, we'd be estimating like 20 million deaths because of heating and air conditioning in arid and, and, and cold climates. She'd probably be like, well, I don't want to do that. Oh, so you agree with setting a timetable. Therein lies the problem. I don't think she has any clue what she's talking about. And if you called out that her plan, because she's literally said, we don't want to wait till 2050, 2030, or even 2021. We want it now. Okay, turn off the fossil fuels right now. See how long these, the, the elderly lasts. See how long the people who, are, who, have, who, are, who need insulin last when they can't use refrigerators, when the power goes out. It's psychotic. They don't want the solution. They want a grandiose problem that can never be solved. So only they can sell you the cure. Get it? Just like any other corrupt individual. So look, I'm not saying like this is not to, 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 to praise Trump in any way. But at least I say, you know, it's, it's funny that he called her out at Davos speaking loud, loudly and proudly. But anyway, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I got one. I got another segment coming up at 4 p.m. The main channel segment looks like bad news for Bernie. Project Veritas is putting out some tweets. Another staffer. Stick around. We're going to talk about Hillary Clinton's clash with Bernie Sanders at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel, but I will see you all there. This is kind of a correction. It's not really a correction because I technically wasn't wrong. But yesterday in my main segment, I talked about the migrant caravan storming the southern Mexican border and failing. The only thing was at the time I had produced the segment, news had broken after I'd already finished that I didn't see this, right? Hundreds of migrants forced their way across a river at Guatemala-Mexico border as 2,000 strong caravan tries to make its way to the U.S. in first major crossing 
since Mexico agreed to uh, to help Trump stem the tide. So basically, I produced a segment. I recorded it. This news came out at 2 p.m. I published it at 4 p.m. That's my bed. It's just it's it, there's a certain level of impossibility in, in terms of how long it takes me to put together a segment, record it. I don't have a script or anything, but I do research a bunch of news. I record earlier because there's a lot of like, you know, the uploading process, tagging. It doesn't take too long, but there's just some back end stuff. And so by the time I'm done, I basically don't Google search updates. So that's my bet. I'll do better next time. But let's let's see the update. Basically, what I reported yesterday was there's a new caravan. They estimate in the thousands, I think four, four or so thousand, and they made it to the southern Mexican border. Mexico's stopping them because Trump's been really strict. And I, and I made the joke. It's actually funny. Trump's not only strengthened our southern border, but Mexico's as well. Now, that's still true. That's why I'm saying it's not a total correction. But after they got stopped and pepper sprayed, a splinter group formed and they stormed through the river. Why isn't where are the images? What is it? There we go. They actually rushed down to the beach through the river and broke into Mexico. Now, here's the thing. I don't think it changes too much because Mexico has said they're, they're not going to allow these people to make it to the U.S., well, let's read the story, see what's going on, and I'll you know, do my best to get you the information. The Daily Mail reports hundreds of Central American migrants forced their way across the Guatemalan border into Mexico on Monday after the Mexican government denied them free transit through the country to the United States southern border. A caravan of 2,000 migrants, mostly Hondurans, gathered before dawn Monday along the Rodolfo Robles International Bridge spanning the Suchete River between Guatemala and Mexico. Hundreds were seen crossing the river into southern Mexico. Amid shouts and even some fireworks, they began wading across the shallow river. The migrants moved off the border bridge and toward the river after Mexican officials told them they would not be granted passage to the country. They actually stopped them and pepper sprayed a large, a large uh, portion of the group as they're trying to push through the police. According to AFP, Mexican security forces fired tear gas as the migrants attempted to flee to Mexico through the river's shallow waters. It is the first major caravan since the United States and Mexico agreed to work together to combat migrant crossings through the Mexico-Guatemala border. Mexican President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador last summer pledged to help the U.S. curtail mass movements of migrants. U.S. President Donald Trump has threatened to punish Mexico and Central American countries economically if they fail to curb migrant flows, resulting in a series of agreements aimed at taking pressure off the United States. I got to say a couple things. First, Trump's policies, I think it's still fair to say, are working in that Mexico is actively trying to stop these 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 uh, groups of migrants. But I will also point out they say it's Trump trying to uh, punish these countries economically. But the U.S. provides a ton of aid. Right. Get this. If we're giving hundreds of millions of dollars to say Guatemala to help their people, but their people are still fleeing anyway, then perhaps it doesn't make sense for us to give them money if the people are leaving. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if someone was like, hey, I'm going to give you 10 bucks to buy your son pizza. And then you find out the kid left to his friend's house. You're like, well, I gave you that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to give you more money for pizza. Your kid left. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't I wouldn't call it punishing. I mean, it technically is because they use the programs to benefit their country and stuff like that. But if it's not enough to actually keep people there, then why bother giving them the aid to make the country better in the first place? We can see these photos. River wasn't that deep. It's only a couple feet deep. It looks like a lot of people just walked through rushing across. Here are the photos. They say small groups of migrants managed to make their way into Mexico over the weekend, but security officials blocked other Central Americans who attempted to force their way through the border, leading to violent shoving at the crossing. According to Guatemala, at least 4,000 people have entered from Honduras since Wednesday. 
making for one of the biggest surges since three Central American governments signed agreements with the Trump administration, obliging them to assume more of the responsibility for dealing with migrants. Guatemalan officials, with the assistance of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents, placed about 400 migrants on buses and returned them to Honduras last week. So there are a bunch of lefties who were really angry when they found out that ICE was actually operating, I, I, I guess we can call it extrajudicially, meaning outside of their, their actual jurisdiction. Although perhaps you could argue ICE can operate anywhere. I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems weird to me that ICE would be in a foreign country. I suppose that's what it is. We can see here the uh, military police in Mexico were guarding this bridge. This is crazy. One guy looks like he got tackled. Security forces offer aid demand moments after soldiers allegedly fired tear gas at a caravan of Central American migrants. This doesn't look like they're providing aid to the guy. It looks like they're tackling him. I don't know what this is. But um, we, we did see a report from a New York Times reporter that. So Reuters reported they were refusing to leave. The migrants were staying at the border and that a new group had formed uh, a second caravan. So I guess that's them rushing to the border. They say, however, the caravan of at least 2000 migrants remained in the Guatemala border, Guatemalan border town of Tecun Uman and set off for Mexico en masse early on Monday, believing they stood a better chance of making progress in a large group. Oh, so we got video of this as of Sunday. Mexican authorities have received 1,087 migrants into the states of Chiapas and Tabasco and set out various options to them in accordance with their migration status. There's a quote here to say, however, in the majority of cases, once the particular migration situation has been reviewed, assisted returns will be carried out to their countries of origin, assuming that this situation warrants it, the ministry said. So let me ask a question to all the progressive activists. If they're accusing Trump of being, you know, racist or bigoted, because he's sending these people home. Mexico is doing the same thing. Okay, so, so, so what now? You know what I mean? It's like, you can't really say Trump is unique in doing this when Mexico is literally using their Southern guards and, and, and shield bashing people. Now, look, I say shield bash, calm down. It's, it's, it's true they are, but it's because they're being rushed. The military police are being rushed and they're using their shields to, 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 to push them back. But it is, you know, I don't know, general shield bash. We have here is uh, Mexico and Guatemala. So the border actually look, looks like it's go, it actually goes east to west. And there's two cities on the border. It's, it's, it's a typical thing. We can see uh, it says by dawn Monday, thousands of migrants made their way to Rodolfo Robles. We saw that. Here's another image. This is a massive group. So I, I want to point something out that I think really funny. I was talking to my friend about this. There was an article that basically said, oh, look, just in time for 2020, another migrant caravan. And the argument was that the news only covers this stuff when there's an election to profit the Republicans. And I'm like, dude, are you arguing that someone manufactured the caravans like Republicans are sending operatives down to Central America to advocate for these people to form groups? The reason this is in the news is because it's a massive group of thousands of people trying to storm through the southern border of Mexico. So the only other argument that I guess is that Republicans make the groups. Now, get out of here. That's insane. They say Mexico has so far controlled the border at Tacoon Oman more successfully than in late 2018, when a large caravan of migrants sought to break through there. Many later crossed into Mexico via the, via the Suchiete River. It led to President Lopez Obrador agreeing to deploy the National Guard to the Guatemala-Mexico border after Trump threatened to levy taxes on, on imported goods if the immigrants weren't stopped. So that does sound more like a punishment for sure. The leftist leader's government on Friday offered migrants 4,000 jobs to work in the South. But those who do not accept it or seek asylum will not be issued safe conduct passes to the United States, the Interior Ministry said. 
a 23-year-old music composer who abandoned his native Honduras in search for better opportunities in America, pleaded with Lopez Obrador and asked him to reconsider his government's approach to the migrant crisis. The authorities do not care about supporting young people's talent, buying books and notebooks for schools, for medicine or for hospitals. They worry about buying weapons and tear gas to repress the people. Yes, listen, there's a really funny post I saw that did not represent conservative arguments at all. But I always see these memes. You know, what's really funny about Reddit is that it, when, I, when I'm surfing on Reddit, it's almost always left or far left memes, nothing from conservatives. It used to be the other way around and then Reddit started blocking people. What's funny is I think it was the, um, the, the sweating guy with the two buttons and it said uh, rights, rights are granted by God, not the constitution. And the other one was immigrants have like have no rights or something. And I'm like, dude, that, that's that's literally not. And, and the guy was wearing a MAGA hat or something. Or no, no, his face said proud conservative. It is constitutional conservatism that even non-citizens are protected by the Constitution. It is constitutional conservatism that the United States has a right to defend its borders from foreign from threats, both foreign and domestic. So I don't know what the argument is supposed to be. No one is claiming immigrants have no right to free speech and, you know, uh, uh, you know, free expression or to bear arms or any of those things. We're saying in the United States that the government can't infringe upon those rights. Now, for me personally, I'm actually I, I think we should have uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is for it. I don't want to say common sense gun reform. That's how they say it on the left, like the Democrats. But it's anything but I think we need to reform our gun regulations, both in terms of reducing restrictions, but increasing our knowledge. So I, I, I've heard arguments for um, why we shouldn't do universal background checks. I think universal background checks and, or a gun registry, a lot of people were like un- unhappy with it. Now, I'm all for it, but I actually heard a really great point from a lot of people saying, then I want a speech registry. You know, I want you to register before you're allowed to speak in public and things like that. You see how one infringement, and I, and I recognize it's actually a good argument, right? I shouldn't have a right to curtail anyone else's, you know, guaranteed rights, or I shouldn't say guaranteed, but protected rights. Uh, should my own then later be, you know, restricted as well. Long story short, if you want to affect someone's rights, you got to amend the constitution first, right? So, so I respect that. I respect that even though my opinion falls in a different position. Anyway, the point is, the reason I'm saying this is that we in the United States have a right to protect our borders from, from threats. And there, it's true, unknown individuals that we can't track may be carrying diseases. Yes, they may be violent criminals. They may be just general petty criminals. And we have a right to control, uh, protect our community and our borders. That's a that's that's the right of self-defense. So sorry, it has nothing to do with the individuals who also have rights. They can speak whatever they want. They can care about as far as I'm concerned. But there are certain rights we have, too. I'll leave it there. And I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to segue this into the next segment about the CDC, because this, this crazy new Chinese virus is going around. Everyone's freaking out. And now we have the first case in the U.S. That's a really good point about controlling our borders. So stick around. That segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. The epidemic is upon us. The Chinese coronavirus has made its way to the United States and everybody is freaking out. But for the most part, you shouldn't freak out. This is very much like SARS virus. And so right now, my understanding is that it causes basically pneumonia. There's no treatment. There's no vaccine. If you get sick, drink fluids. I'll tell you this. Most people, even if they got this, probably wouldn't know. They'd assume they had the flu and they would drink water or Gatorade or chicken soup or whatever. And then they would sweat it out. That's probably what's going to happen. However, there is an important consideration before I read this. I'll give a warning to everybody. I was reading, and I don't know if this is true. I was, I was, it was on CNN. They just basically said that the other uh, coronavirus, you know, th- the similar viruses 
can result in stillbirth for pregnant women. So if you are a pregnant woman, you got to be really careful about this. There's no way to prevent it. So it's now here in the U.S. I think this is just another one of these big outrage stories. I'm not super worried about this. However, there has been a meme going around at the launch of the year 2020, where it was basically there was an epidemic in 1720, 1820, 1920, kind of in 1920. And so the meme is that in the 20s of every decade, there's some kind of epidemic. And so everybody should be afraid that this could be it. The big one. I really don't think so, though. But I actually have the list of epidemics. I'll show you. But first, let's, let's see what's going on with this Wuhan coronavirus. CDC confirms the first U.S. case. They say the United States has its first confirmed case of a new virus that appeared in Wuhan, China last month. The U.S. CDC announced Tuesday the virus was has already sickened hundreds and killed six people in Asia. The male patient is in isolation at Providence Regional Medical Center in Everett, Washington. He is a resident of Snohomish County in Washington. The man traveled from Wuhan to Washington, but said he did not attend the animal markets where many of the patients were infected. Officials are compiling a list of people the patient may have had contact with since his return to the United States. The Wuhan virus can spread from person to person to person, but not nearly as easily as viruses such as measles or influenza. The CDC is not identifying the patient. The CDC also announced on Tuesday that it will start screening passengers flying directly or indirectly from Wuhan to Hartsford. Wait, wait, wait. They'll start screening passengers flying directly from Wuhan to Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport and Chicago International Airport. On January 17th, the CDC began screening passengers arriving from Wuhan, Wuhan to JFK in New York, followed by Los Angeles. So it sounds like they're basically targeting the big hubs for now. The student Washington has it. I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But considering the glorious, glorious meme about the 20s and their uh, epidemics, I thought it'd be fun to at least talk about. But for real, I got to tell you guys, you get sick, you drink your, 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 your soup or your Gatorade, I don't know, whatever home remedy you got, chill, you sit back, watch some glorious impeachment on the TV, which I am absolutely ignoring and will not be talking about, at least for now. You can be entertained by that. Now, I got to be honest. The impeachment thing is a mind numbing nightmare. They're just saying the same things over and over again. See, now I'm talking about it. Let's go over to the list of epidemics on Wikipedia. This is funny. So I'm going to go back in time and let's take a look at 1620s and see if there's any in the Americas. I mean, the meme is kind of dumb because, look, you've got in South America 1600 to 1650. That's kind of a long time that encompasses the 20s. So there was Italy, uh, England, China. The 13 colonies was 1657, but I don't see anything in the colonies. So let's go to 1720s. Here we have the 13 colonies, 1721 to 22. Why, in fact, there was a smallpox epidemic. Oof, that's gross. I don't want to look at that. In the 1720s, dare I say, right in the beginning of the 1720s, we saw a nasty epidemic, very serious illness, smallpox. But let's travel up 100 years and hit 1820. My stars and garters, United States yellow fever. I'm gonna tell you something. Yellow fever is bad, but my understanding is it's not that bad. I mean, I think it has like a decent mortality rate. So like, seriously, be careful. When I traveled to Venezuela, I had to get like three or four shots and I got yellow fever. But what I was told was that if you don't get it, it's like you'll get sick and it's a bad sickness like the flu, but then you're, you know, you mostly get over it. It's mostly about if you're older or have a compromised immune system, you want to be inoculated. But I will tell you something, man. You know, it, for, for the longest time, diseases have, what, have, have essentially culled the human population by 
the weak, you know, being uh, dying from the illnesses. And then, you know, it essentially acts in a, in, a, in a rather evolutionary kind of way to harden our immune systems. But now, thanks to the glory of technology, we don't have to rely on that anymore. We can make ourselves immune to a lot of these things, which is the glorious invention of vaccines. Yes, I, I received several before going. And then we go towards the 1920s. I do not believe there was really anything in the U.S. in the 1920s, though there was a worldwide Spanish flu epidemic. So I think the answer is yes. The Spanish flu did heavily impact the U.S., my understanding. But that was the end of the teens into 1920. But I think it's fair to say this could be it. The great and serious epidemic that wipes out. No, I, I really don't think so. But uh, it is having an impact on China. So I'll just read a little bit more about this. And I don't know. This is kind of a silly segment, but I think it's worth, worth, worth covering. The lead, of course, being that we now have this in the U.S. So again, I will stress this point. If you're pregnant, planning on bring, being pregnant, if your wife, sister, mother, friend, anybody you know is pregnant, they got to be careful about this because this was resulting in stillbirth. It was actually killing the babies. From, uh, from the Financial Times, they say China is battling to contain the outbreak of the SARS-like coronavirus as new cases were detected around Asia. And the first evidence of human to human transmission of the illness triggered a stock market sell off. It's only 200 people, but everyone's freaking out over it. After a case had been identified in Thailand and South Korea, a new outbreak was detected in Taiwan on Tuesday and in Australia. A Brisbane man was isolated at home when he reported flu-like symptoms after arriving from Wuhan in China. He was later released after showing no symptoms, but the government was waiting, uh, was awaiting definitive test results. China's National Health Commission on Monday also confirmed the first cases of human to human transmission of the coronavirus that has fueled concerns over the spread of the disease, which has infected 308 people. Okay, so I was wrong. Still, 308 people, not that much. Killed six people in China ahead of the start of the new year break this weekend. So you can see this map of where there are suspected cases and diagnosed cases, mostly in the Wuhan area. In Wuhan, authorities have stopped people with fever and other flu-like symptoms from traveling at airports and train stations. The World Health Organization has scheduled a meeting of its emergency committee for Wednesday to discuss the outbreak. Russian authorities have strengthened border controls in an attempt to limit the spread of the virus, according to statements from Deputy Prime Minister Tatiana Golikova, reported by the state-run RIA Novosti News Agency. Russia shares 4,209-kilometer border with China and is a popular destination for Chinese tourists and business people. India, Nigeria, Nigeria, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, and the U.S. have also implemented enhanced screening at airports and other ports of entry, according to the Associated Press. Let's talk a little bit about disease. You may have played the game, um, was it Plague Inc.? I love that game. It's fun. I haven't played it in a while. But I will, let's talk about uh, epidemic and zombies. I'll tell you this. This virus right here seems to not be an actually effective virus, though it's not the worst. What people don't seem to understand is that a good virus goes undetected for a long time. So when you watch all of these zombie movies and they talk about, you know, a zombie bites you and then you get the virus and you turn to a zombie, that would never happen because the moment someone started screaming and like, blow, I don't know, vomiting blood or something gross and like biting people, they would be put down and the virus would be contained very, very quickly. I always found it pretty fascinating that in like zombie movies, they have this idea that direct transmission of bodily fluids would be a fast way to transmit a disease. It's not. It's why Ebola doesn't travel very far. Airborne. Now, that'd be scary. If they did something that was like an airborne zombie virus, yes, yeah, full on panic mode. Because now it's like someone coughs and all of a sudden 20 people become zombies. That's a good virus. So my understanding is that uh, there's a lot of viruses. I'm not, I'm not a virologist or a doctor or anything. 
that we actually have a ton of viruses within us that like don't really damage our bodies. So they get to carry on propagating and living. That's a good virus. So what we, we what we really want to be scared about is like silent viruses, diseases that you'll contract that aren't don't activate very, very quickly and have not super severe symptoms immediately. Right. So if we actually started seeing the rise of a virus or some kind of uh, bacterial infection that had like a minor sickness and then a week or two later, all of a sudden you are like your insides were liquefying. Yeah, that'd be really bad because people could be transmitting the disease and no one would know. In this case, people start displaying symptoms right away. And so, you know what, man, I I grew up with this stuff and you probably did too, where there was always some kind of new bird flu or pig flu or SARS or some disease that never mattered, never did anything to anybody like that we knew. And everyone was freaking out about it. And they're doing all these screenings and they're telling them to get vaccinated and then nothing would ever happen. Well, admittedly for this, there's no vaccine. So what I think is really, really funny is that we hear there's a stock market sell-off. It actually shows in the Financial Times. I understand it's the Financial Times. But come on, man. Seriously? Hong Kong stocks knocked off strong run because people heard about this, this, this freaky new uh, virus. I think for the most part, nothing's going to happen. Humans have pretty decent immune systems. The people who get the sickness, you know, six people have died. My heart goes out to the families and the, and the people who've lost their lives. But that's a, a microscopic fraction. That's like what point? What is it? Two uh, percent? Two percent of the people infected. That's a really, I mean, actually, that's probably like a decent mortality rate when you consider like the common cold doesn't really kill anybody and the flu tends not to. No, I'm sorry. Actually, the flu does. The flu does have a lot of people. So I wonder if these were like elderly or whatever. Anyway, I wanted to talk about how um, it's come to the US and just give you that general update and that warning and the, the funny meme. But for the most part, I really don't think this is going to affect anybody. I, you, you're not going to see this. You know what I mean? So whatever, man. I don't know. I Well, let's go talk about Oh, God, I don't want to talk about impeachment. (laughs) Stick around. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and it won't be about impeachment. I'll see you all then. So one of the things I was talking about the other day is that the Democrats are far left, right? It was it was Michael Bloomberg It was like two days ago. He's embracing this white privilege nonsense. So is Joe Biden. There is no sane, moderate Democrat. None. Joe Biden is the corporate crony. So he's trying to maintain some semblance of like moderate kitchen table issues. But ideologically, he is absolutely engaging in stupid far left ideological nonsense, proving that if Biden is supposed to be the moderate centrist Democrat, and even he plays the stupid intersectionality game, then there is no moderate. Okay, I don't know what to tell you, everybody, but check out this story from the D.C. Examiner. Joe Biden, I don't count drunk driving as a felony. What? It's it's not it's not up to you what you count as a felony. It's what is in the actual statutes of what a felony is. But Joe Biden trying to distance himself from the legacy of the deporter in chief, Barack Obama, is trying to have it both ways to be a moderate while also having to do, you know, go above and beyond to make it seem like he's absolutely on the side of illegal immigrants. Don't ask me why illegal immigrants can't vote. If for some reason, Democrats are absolutely interested in courting their vote or whatever, like they literally campaigned in Mexico. Again, don't ask me. I don't know what they're trying to do. People in Mexico who live in Mexico ain't going to be voting for American presidents. I, I hope. Anyway, I say this. 2020 Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden said his administration would fire immigration and customs enforcement agents who arrest and deport illegal immigrants who are not guilty of felony crimes, adding that he, quote, doesn't count drunk driving as a felony. Joe Biden is literal. I can't I can't believe the story. This story seems fake. 
How, who in their right mind would be like, DUI drivers? Illegal immigrants? Nah, they're cool. They can stay. What? Drunk driving is a serious crime, man. You should, like, I don't care if you're American or not. We arrest people for that. Joe Biden's not going to deport people under the country illegally and then go around driving drunk? Then who is he going to be deporting? That's like as, almost as bad as it gets. The former vice president made the comments at a Vice News forum on minority issues in Des Moines, Iowa on Monday evening. When asked what changes he would bring to the agency as president, Biden, 77, said he wants to change the fact that children of illegal immigrants live in fear that their parents will be arrested and deported. Quote, they go off to school wondering whether the mom comes and picks them up or if she's not going to be there because an ICE agent was there to arrest her or she takes him to the doctor that she's going to go uh, that, she, that she's going to not be the, that she's going to not be there because she is, quote, undocumented and an ICE agent is going to pick him up. Oh, heavens. You mean to tell me that we have law enforcement agencies that enforce our laws? Right now, there's a guy in Washington, I just did a segment on this, who's got that creepy new Chinese virus, gives you pneumonia, and it's got like a 2% or more mortality rate. Not the worst in the world, but pretty scary nonetheless. And there are reasons why we have checks on our borders, which I've talked about time and time again. Most of you probably understand why. Most of these people are not vaccinated. Some of them might be criminals. These people are apparently driving drunk. And Biden doesn't care. Look, man, we have a legal immigration process for a reason. It makes no sense to just be like, oh, what's that? They broke the law, but they have kids. Quick, burn our entire law book or whatever. I don't know. Burn the ordinance. Burn the statutes. Don't, you know, burn the Constitution. He says, you change the culture by saying you are going to get. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, OK. He says you change the culture by saying you are going to get fired. You are fired if, in fact, you do that. You only arrest for the purpose of dealing with a felony that's committed. And I don't count drunk driving as a felony. Wow. Joe Biden, so desperate for the woke vote. While a first offense, while a first offense of driving under the influence is considered a misdemeanor in most of the United States, repeated offenses can warrant a felony charge in many states. Some states may also elevate a drunken driving charge to a felony if it causes death or severe injury. I think that's it. I think it's just a caption. Is that the end of the story? Okay, we get it. Here's the thing. Joe Biden is plagued by his history under Obama because Obama was the deporter in chief. Joe Biden is now trying to pass off the Obama era policies of family separation as Trump's policies. That's what a lot of people on the left are doing. Sorry, it's just not the case. Obama was doing this. Obama was super harsh on, on, on immigration. They called him deporter in chief. And this is why they call Barack Obama a conservative. On the debate stage, uh, I think this was the second debate, Democratic debate. Everybody was ragging on Biden because of Barack Obama's policies which is nuts because Barack Obama still has like a 95% approval rating among Democrats. Who are you trying to get to vote for you if you're ragging on Obama? That's mind blowing to me. Now, Joe Biden, who has basically, he was vice president under Obama, now can't seem to just maintain his position. And this is what he does. He tries to blame Trump. He says, Trump has waged an unrelenting assault on our values and our history as a nation of immigrants. What are you talking about? You you were the vice president under a guy who did way worse than what Trump is doing. Well, to an extent, I think Trump is 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 much more strict on a lot of different uh, um, immigration policies. But Obama was the deporter in chief, man. He says it's a moral failing and a national shame. This is from Joe Biden's website. Uh, he, he released this, I think he released this, I think, in December. And moral and failing and national shame when a father and his baby daughter drown seeking our shores of of, of who? Like, whose fault is that? The father's? You're saying that the father morally failed because he risked his family's life to come to America? When children are locked away 
in overcrowded detention centers, and the government seeks to keep them there indefinitely. Again, are you blaming the parents? What's really funny about the whole argument is that everybody knows the detention centers are there. They're coming anyway. I, you know what I mean? When our government argues in court against giving those children toothbrushes and soap, yeah, that's messed up. I agree. You know, if, if we're, we're going to detain people, you got to make sure you have a certain standard. That's just the way it's got to be. When President Trump uses family separation as a weapon against desperate mothers, fathers, and children seeking safety and a better life, when he threatens massive raids that would break up families who have been in this country for years and targets people at sensitive locations like hospitals and schools, when children die while in custody due to a lack of adequate care, he says it's wrong and stops when Joe Biden is elected president. You mean restarts? Those programs were, 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 were happening under your watch, Joe, and they carried on after your watch ended. You didn't do anything to stop them. In fact, you helped make them happen. So why would I believe you? If anything, Trump inherited the problem and is actually winding those programs down. So you, you leave me no choice. But if that's the logic you're using, I'm going to be like, what, by that argument, can't you say that Trump is actually ending your programs? Shouldn't you be happy about this? this? Is the craziest thing, right? Trump's super harsh when it comes to border security, but everyone's blaming him for the kids in cages. And time and time again, people have posted photos of the Obama era cages, and then they're like, "Oops!" and they delete it. There was one really funny moment. I can't remember who it was. They posted a picture of an Obama era detention center, then got called out and said, "Oops!" deleted it, and then posted another picture of the Obama era detention center. I'll tell you this. If it's true that Obama started these facilities, and he did, and Trump is now winding them down, then shouldn't Trump be getting credit from you? Shouldn't you be mad at Obama? How is it now that you're all of a sudden like, that's right, Joe, you are the right guy to do what? You're the bad guy. You're the one who helped make it all happen. Trump's the one ending it. Why is it? How is it Trump's fault? It's like you start up. It's like they, they, they love to act like uh, the good economy was started under Obama. It's nothing to do with Trump. And then when it comes to the immigration policies, well, that's Trump's problem. Oh, okay, okay. Trump doesn't get credit when the economy is doing well because Obama started it. But Trump gets credit for all the bad things that started under Obama too. Uh, I don't play that game, dude. My, my problems with Trump are mostly about character and, 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 and political disagreements. Like if I have a political, political disagreement with you, I'm not going to hate you. You know, I'm just going to be like, I disagree. You know what I mean? If you're a bad person, if you're like nasty, I think Trump's nasty and kind of a bad dude. You know what I mean? I think, he, I think he's doing all right by the American people because the economy is doing well. But I think he's kind of a nasty guy. It's, it's the way it is. But I'm not stupid enough to, to be like, but Joe Biden's the man to fix it. No, Joe Biden's the one who made the problems. If I got a political disagreement with Trump on the policies enacting, well, I got to look where those policies came from. So certain things, you know, Trump has done um, mostly with foreign policy. And again, I, I, I say it a million times, so I'm not going to repeat myself. Uh, I disagree with Trump decided to do X. Don't like it. Trump should have withdrawn from Iraq. OK, plain and simple. But I'm not going to blame him for the problems he inherited from Joe Biden. And, I'm, and, and I've absolutely said this too. consistency. Remember that Obama deserves credit for the, the, the economy started expanding under him. Obama inherited the bad, inherited the bad Bush economy and slowly started turning things around. But it's been a massive you know, skyrocket under Donald Trump. I think it's fair to say, you know, I'm not going to play these games where it's like you try and figure out who gets credit for what from the past or present administration. This stuff happened under Biden's watch. So for him to come out now and start acting like he's the one who's going to do the right thing is absurd. Joe Biden won't even deport drunk driver illegal immigrants. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. That's a ridiculous line of, of, of politics. Like of any group of people you would actually advocate for deporting, you'd be like, look, if people, if, if, if he said something like this, like if people are here just trying to work, we'll, we'll find a way to naturalize them. 
But if you're you know, a criminal or a drunk driver, we're going to deport you. I'd be like, I understand that. I disagree. I think it could create an incentive. But, you know, I get it. Instead, Joe Biden's like, if you come here, no one will deport you, even if you drive drunk. Oh, that's the message we want to send to people. By all means, drive here drunk. Nobody will stop you. Joe Biden will fire anybody who tries. Yeah, that's stupid. Whatever, man. But I'll wrap it up. Thanks for hanging out. Stick around. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Podcast every day at 6.30 p.m. And I will see you all then.